Hello and thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Bite Size Cybercrime, the podcast where we discuss cybercrimes and cybersecurity news. My name is Chloe Tonis, and this week we will be discussing Mastodon, which earlier this year and later last year became widely discussed as an alternative to Twitter during the Elon Musk takeover. Although it seems that discussions of Mastodon fizzled out in favor of Blue Sky, which I'd like to join but is still invite-only, and Threads, which was created by Meta, the same company that owns Facebook and Instagram. Still, Mastodon boasts 14 million users across 20,000 instances, although as of January 2023, only about 1.8 million of those users are active. What makes Mastodon interesting compared to Twitter, Blue Sky, or Threads is that it uses a federated model. Basically, each user belongs to an instance that has its own rules and policies, and the user gets to select this when first joining. However, you're not just limited to your own instance. You can follow people from other instances and view their posts, but your instance, of course, by default will be what you see typically. The different instances are all run by different people in different places, so Mastodon operates in a decentralized way, rather than other sites I listed, which all have to use one centralized platform. I do also have a Mastodon account on the InfoSec Exchange instance, although I don't use it very much. Eh, maybe I will after this episode. But we're not here to talk about how Federation works, or about my own social media accounts. We're here to discuss a critical vulnerability in the media attachment features of Mastodon that could have pretty interesting consequences. Tootroot, which is a funny name for a vulnerability that I'll talk about more later, is a problem with the media processing code that allows you to attach videos or pictures to toots. In case you are unaware, yes, tweets on Mastodon are called toots. Anyways, this vulnerability was discovered in a penetration test funded by the Mozilla Foundation, the same folks who made my favorite web browser, Firefox, and it was performed by Cure53. Few details were actually released about Tootroot, likely because if the exact way you could exploit it was published, there would be many attempts to, well, exploit it. And yes, this has been patched, so theoretically it should no longer be an issue, but we'll get to that at the end. What we do know is that attackers can craft specialized media files, which will cause Mastodon's processing code to create arbitrary files at any location. So why exactly is that a big deal? What even does an arbitrary file at any random location mean? Well, for one thing, it can overwrite existing files that Mastodon has access to, and that can cause denial of service attacks, where an instance is flooded by requests so much so, that it can't allow connections from legitimate users trying to access the instance. Or it can allow for remote code execution, which of course could potentially lead to unauthorized access to the servers and essentially allow them to be taken over. Tootroot was named such by security researcher Kevin Beaumont, who is also on the InfoSec Exchange instance, because it could allow Toots access to root or administrator privileges to the instances that it's targeting. Now, when I say instances, I do mean those specific instances run independently from Mastodon itself. Remember that Mastodon is decentralized. The compromise of one instance does not necessarily mean the entire platform is compromised. That is one of the benefits of a decentralized, federated social media platform. Still, an attacker gaining control over an instance can do a lot of harm. They could send alerts to users instructing them to click on a malicious link or install malware, 
which essentially creates a different phishing tactic from a source that you actually believe to be perfectly illegitimate. It's coming from the instance that you joined, after all, not some random email address with suspicious amounts of numbers in it. They could also just shut the whole thing down. There were other, more minor vulnerabilities in the audit that were discovered and also patched with the latest Mastodon update, so for now, all is good. The second most severe vulnerability was a cross-site scripting vulnerability. Cross-site scripting is a type of injection attack where malicious scripts are injected into otherwise trusted websites. So malicious scripts could, in theory, be injected into Mastodon and run by users unknowingly visiting the page that they're on. What hackers could do with this is take over accounts or access unauthorized data. Another vulnerability addressed was a high-severity denial-of-service flaw, which is separate but somewhat related to the denial-of-service capabilities of Tootroot. There was also an issue with the formatting of verified profile links that could potentially be used for phishing. Even though Tootroot was the worst of these vulnerabilities, they were all rated a pretty high severity and, thankfully, have all since been patched. However, one of the disadvantages of a decentralized platform is that these updates may not be installed automatically on every instance. It's up to whoever is running the instance to update it. If an instance is slow to update or even has just been abandoned, then there is potential for these vulnerabilities to still be out there. As of the date of this recording, however, this vulnerability is not known to have been exploited in the wild. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Bite Size Cybercrime and another thanks to the Hacker News, Bleepy Computer, and ARS Technica for reporting on these vulnerabilities. My name is Chloe Tonis and until next time, stay secure!